We all have stories of how we got to this very moment in mass together. When you share your story, however you share it, you are inviting others to experience the life of privilege that your faith has gifted you. Telling your story helps you understand it on a deeper level, revealing why you went through challenges and how there is no explanation other than Jesus that led you to this better place. These unexplainable moments that strengthened your faith have power. That power is multiplied when shared. We're in the fifth week of our series that's all about sharing our faith. Next week, we will continue and conclude our series with our annual Stewardship Weekend. It's the one weekend of the year when we talk about your worship offering to your parish and invite you to make a commitment for the year ahead. I'll have a few thoughts on that to offer at the end of this message. This message is about sharing our faith. More specifically, we want to inspire, encourage, and equip you to share your faith with people who have become disconnected from Christ and His church or never had a connection to begin with because we believe sharing our faith grows our faith and helps us develop a closer connection to Christ. Our faith grows when we take some time extend some energy, and put some thought into helping other people connect with Christ and His church. We don't share our faith because we're right and everybody else is wrong. We share our faith because it works, and we want what's best for others. We want them to enjoy more successful living. And while some people do reject or ignore God outright, it's clear that Many other people stay away from God and church and religion because they don't feel welcome. They do not feel welcome. They never got the invitation. Our role is not to try and second guess who will accept the invitation and who will not. Our role is to simply make that invitation. How? Our strategy is simple. Throughout this series, we've been talking about it. We like to say, Invest and invite. Invest and invite. Invest in friends and family, co-workers and classmates, disconnected from Christ and His church, and then, when appropriate, invite them to join us here on Ridgely Road or online or first one and then the other. My hope for this series has been that we grow together in greater appreciation for what it is we do here at the Eucharist, what it is that is of value in what we do here as the source and summit of our lives as Christians. At the same time, my hope is that we grow a greater desire, a greater enthusiasm to share our experience here with others not here. Today we're going to look briefly at a parable that offers us insight into why it's important to share our faith and how it benefits us in the long run. 
The parable we're looking at is perhaps one you've heard before. It's found in Matthew's Gospel, and it goes like this. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. So once again, Jesus uses the analogy of a wedding feast, as He does elsewhere, to describe the kingdom of heaven. We understand God's kingdom best when we see it as a celebration in which we enter into the joy of life with God. You know, Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly, and any presentation of the gospel that misses out on the joy that is life with God misses out on the gospel message. So, Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven to a wedding feast, but in this parable, He focuses on the experience of the bridesmaids. Why does He do that? What's He talking about? Well, like our culture, weddings were a great big deal in that culture at that time, usually a week-long celebration. Unlike our culture, however, the major focus was on the groom, not the bride. Our culture is all about the bride. We wait for the bride to arrive. Everyone stands as the bride enters. In that culture at that time, everyone waited for the groom. And part of the role of the bridesmaids was to stand ready and wait for him, often the evening or night before the actual wedding ceremony. In Jesus' story, there were ten bridesmaids, and He tells us five were wise and five were foolish. What made the wise wise and the foolish foolish? Well, the foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. The wise are counted wise because they brought flasks of oil in reserve in addition to the oil in their lamps. The foolish are called fo foolish because they did not. So what's the difference? Well, the wise bridesmaids planned ahead. They prepared for the future. That's what wise people do. They prepare for the future and act as if one day it will be present because one day it will. As we've said before in a parable, Somebody usually represents God, and somebody usually represents us. Obviously, the bridegroom represents Jesus, and His arrival at the wedding, the arrival of God's kingdom, the end times, and we're represented by the figures of the bridesmaids. But consider this. When it comes to those bridesmaids, their wisdom, or conversely, their foolishness, is dependent entirely on whether they had those flasks of oil reserved. So, if we want to understand this story, if we want to act wisely, it's important to understand what those flasks of oil exactly represent. By just looking at the parable itself, it can be difficult to know for sure. But when the parable is read in the context of Matthew's whole gospel, it seems quite clear the oil corresponds to the performance of good works. In fact, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus specifically compares good works, good deeds to the light of a lamp. Remember, He said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. The flasks of oil represent the efforts we make 
to invest our lives in God's kingdom, specifically by using our time, talent, and treasure in bringing others into a relationship with him. The parable continues. At midnight there was a cry, Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. How the wise women treat the foolish ones may seem selfish, but actually what the foolish women proposed could have resulted in no torchlight at all, more or less ending the celebration before it began. While they went off to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Open the door for us. But he said in reply, I say to you, I do not know you. The wise reap the rewards of their investment. But Jesus ends the story with a sobering note. You know neither the day nor the hour. We don't know. We don't know when Jesus is returning. We don't know when we will reach the end of our lives. We do know, long or short, the time is limited. So obviously, the very best strategy is to stay focused on the future and invest in it. And for that to happen, well, we need a plan. To be wise, we have to be intentional and have a plan for how we will use our time, our talent, and our treasure in preparation for Christ's return. Through the course of this series, we've invited you to invest relationally. This week and next, we're inviting you to invest financially. To invest financially in this parish so that we can partner together to reach the unchurched. Pray about your financial commitment to the parish in the year ahead so that we can create an excellent and irresistible environment that unchurched and dechurched people really want to be a part of. Then, next week, we'll give you an opportunity to make a commitment. Think about it. Your giving makes it possible for us to celebrate the sacraments throughout the year, offer excellent music and worship, provide amazing kids and student programs, offer life-changing programs for adult parishioners, provide pastoral care and support for the sick, the suffering, and the grieving, encourage and equip our member ministers to make disciples and help other churches do the same elsewhere. Continue to upgrade our many forms of communication and te technology. Maintain our beautiful Ridgely Road campus. Continue to improve our online campus. And of course, pay our staff. As you pray about your commitment, we invite you to consider the four P's of giving. First, plan your gift. Like the wise bridesmaids, wise Christ followers, form a plan to give. They invest in God's kingdom and don't imprudently sp spend all their resources on themselves. Second, give back to God as a priority, as a priority in your budget. And the best way to do that is to give electronically. Third, 
choose a percentage of your income to give away. The Bible teaches about the tithe or giving 10% of your income back to God, which includes gifts to, to your place of worship and gifts to the poor. Both Catholics didn't grow up hearing this message, so <coughs> we try to make this step more accessible. Just pick a percentage, any percentage. Become a percentage giver because percentage giving is the game changer when it comes to giving. Fourth, look to progress in your giving. Look to grow in generosity year by year. You know, the world can come to know the truth that is God, the love that is Christ, the beauty that is grace because in part of our giving. But did you also know giving grows our own faith? Take a look. This is church done differently from what we see around us. There are a lot of churches around us to attend, and we've found this one offers a vibrancy. Not to say that's not in other places, but this is how I think it touches us. And we are just led to respond. One particular teaching that really changed the way that I think has been the teaching about money and possessions. Father Michael said, God wants us to invite him into our finances. I really thought about that line and took it to prayer. Actually, Lynn and I started talking about it and it challenged us. I mean, as my background and our backgrounds, you know, as Catholics, we said, hey, we need to support our parish, but you know, let's not overdo it. Let's not overdo it. And we have a lot of things that are going on, but this was one where we said, uh, we hear from the Lord. Um, so that changed the way that I've been uh, thinking about things, the way that we've been thinking about things in terms of uh, money and possessions and uh, being committed to supporting Nativity. For me, when Mike brought this up, I was thinking initially, you know, there's a lot of things that we've been wanting to do in our house that need to be upgraded. And we had three college tuitions. We have a daughter getting married. We have one now going into medical school. There was a lot going on. And I knew it would be a big step of faith, but I didn't hesitate and said, yes, absolutely. Because it all goes back to when I know what's most important in life, and I know that's God and His kingdom and His family, and that this is a place where I see God is here, God is leading this vision to rebuild, and that we're getting filled and we want others to be filled as well. It was just a no-brainer to say, yes, absolutely, let's sow into nativity and trust that there's a pastor and a staff and a congregation that are asking God, what more? What more do you want? What more do you want from us? What more do you have to give us? And that's why we sow, and that's why it was easy to say yes. Our hope is that as a church family, we'll all join in to support the, this wonderful vision and nativity of, of spreading the news of Jesus, the, the, the light of the gospel. I want to be where God is moving 
and I feel like God is moving here, and there's a purpose, and there's a vision. And when I come to church, I walk in and I'm immediately sensing that presence. I just know I'm being transformed, I'm being changed, and I leave a different person. And that's what I want. I want that for everyone, and I want to be somewhere where God is on the move. Thanks for watching. Be sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. You can be part of our mission to love God, love others, and make disciples by sharing this video. We're grateful that you're part of this community.